let it be known that James Cameron only knows how to make two movies. Wait, three. Three? Yeah, he made Terminator. Okay. But then he made Terminator 19 times in a row, so three movies. He knows how to make three movies. This movie binks and bonks. God, James. I... I've been waiting a week to say that. <laughs> James has been holding on to that line. Hang on to that. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's irrelevant. O- for over a week. I read it on the internet and I thought it was so stupid that I absolutely had to say it on the podcast. I really just wanted to say my joke about James Cameron only knowing how to make like two movies. Okay. <laughs> All Listen, right. this, this, what you're embarking on now is, I hope, not longer than two 45-minute episodes. But... The movie's it, three hours! It may well be two hour-long episodes. The movies are so long. Which is still less time than we spent watching the movie. It's now 12 hours. I have dedicated 12 hours of my life to Pandora that I cannot get back. Are you counting the time that you waited in line for the ride at Disney World? No, I'm counting the time that I've had to rewatch Avatar, the first oh, one, because I yeah. had to. I watched it the one time because my family was like, "No, it's amazing. Let's go watch it." Uh-huh. And then I had to watch it again for a fucking class, Gross. an anthropology class in college. Okay. And I had to watch it again to impress some guy. So. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Twelve hours of my life. Ew. Because now I've watched this. Movie. Awful. No, the ride at Disney World. I will say this. I can almost forgive both movies, all of their sins, if I never have to watch them again. Um, Because Pandora at Walt Disney World and Animal Kingdom is one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced. They have killer boba margaritas. And they also, the ride is one of the most life, I will say it was life-changing experiences I've ever been on. And I was... My stomach was horrifically ill um, before I got on that ride. And I still waited in line and got on that ride. All right, two minutes into the intro. This is City Wave Cinema. I'm America. I'm James. Someday we'll learn how to do an intro. You No. No. I've made that promise so many times. You should stop promising. No. You're, you ain't a truther. You're a liar. I, um, yeah, now, canonically, actually. We, we watched Avatar The Way of Water. We did. Okay. I took, I I keep a tally of my notes that I write down that I'm going to talk about in the movie. So do I. I wrote down 42 notes. Guess how many I wrote. It's over 100. Put your guesses in now. 120. 120 notes. I will tell you this up front. And if you want to skip the episodes... In the future, when you download them and are listening to them in your car or on your AirPods or whatever the fuck. This movie is like if you told me, James, I need you to write an Avatar sequel. With the one caveat being they need to leave the tree people and go to the ocean people. Write me a sequel. And I would have written you this movie. (laughs) <laughs> front to back. And you know why? James just kept saying the plot out loud before because the plot Because it's, ex- it's the same movie. Okay? This movie doesn't do 
a single new thing. It doesn't do anything different. It doesn't do anything unique besides a whole host of new CGI. It looks really pretty. It's maybe one of the prettiest movies I've ever seen. It's that being so said, pretty. in terms of story content, character content, motivations, development, anything like that, the in, the most interesting characters have blank text boxes filled with AI dialogue. The villains are villainous for one reason, and that is money and revenge. Also, it's the same villain. We just and keep it, reusing the same it villain. Is, it is unbelievable that, like, now, now, I am, let's see, the last movie came out, what? 13 years 13 ago. 13 years ago, 14 years ago. I am that far removed from having watched the first Avatar, okay? I watched it when it was new, and I never watched it again. I envy because you. Because why would I? I envy you so much. You had no good reasons to, and you still did it. And for that, we 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 honor your sacrifice, okay? This movie, I think you should watch it, all right? I think you should watch it because the CGI is something insane to behold. And I know, I know a little bit about the way they did the motion capture, and they had to literally develop a new camera and develop a new way to do motion capture underwater so they could do all the scenes and everything. I think it's worth watching. But under no circumstances should you assume you're going to have a good time. Because this movie is candy for the eyes and so rot pretty. for your brain. It is a brain rot movie. The plot is the same as the first one. Guess what we've got? We have a resource you can only find in the most unobtainable way possible. Check. We have racism. Check. Of all types. And sometimes overlapping multiples. It's levels of racism. Multiple racisms. Lots of racisms. We have plot holes from the first movie that do not get filled adequately in the second movie. And, and then new plot new holes. New plot holes. That came out that of nowhere. are like said out loud and not revisited. Which we will talk about in depth in a moment. Well, maybe not in depth because we don't know. We can't talk about it in depth because we they literally said nothing. And the whole time you find yourself sitting here and wanting and wanting and wanting for something interesting to happen. Or for any character to make a decision that is good. And the entire time, this is a three hour movie, the entire time, nothing interesting happens and no character makes a decision that is good. That's, that's the, I'm just telling you, I think you should watch it because it's gorgeous. It's really, really pretty. If you like beaches and water and that sort of thing, absolutely watch it, right? If you don't care for that and you're really looking for like another James Cameron story, why? <laughs> why? 
don't. Simply do not. You could rewatch Titanic. It's shorter. You could rewatch uh Titanic. It's shorter. That blows my mind that Titanic's shorter because I'm still from uh the time where Titanic took four VHSs yeah. to watch. You we had to plug it in four different VHSs in order to watch the Titanic. You you can spend more time in your life watching Avatar The Way of Water or you could get the same movie but with better actors from the 90s. You know, it's up to you. It was it was it was a little bit like watching it, there were really like three movies happening. That's true. There were like three plots. None the, of them are remotely interesting. There's like the revenge, almost Batman and Joker, like fighting between Jake and Quaric, Quartic, Quaritch, Quaritch, Quaritch. I don't care. Um, and then you have the teenage coming of age B oh, plot sub story. My God, the script is from 1998, and any any fucking character development from the first movie about Jake and Neytiri, and the way that they were going to evolve into being parents, and then their children, because they have a bunch of kids, and that's in the first four, four minutes. Uh, but only two of them get special shout-outs. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, because the end of the movie has to happen. So, anyways. It, anyways. The, and then right. there's Titanic at the end. Uh, yeah, and then there's Titanic. Three movies. So, let's begin. America has 120 notes. I have 40 fucking two. And we're already 10 minutes into this episode, into so episode. we better get going. Let's just kick it off. So, the movie starts with narration from Jake. Blah, 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 blah. Going, basically filling you, not filling you in, basically giving you a highlight reel of what has happened since the last time we were on Pandora. Without ever explaining what happened in the previous movie. So we, uh, I, I, my first note is genuinely I don't want to be here. Um, cause in case you haven't gotten the vibe, I really <laughs> fucking hate these movies. Um, but I, I, in my second note, I was like, I will give the Avatars movie this. They're really fucking pretty. Um, I, I don't like the way the Navi look. And I will say this. Boy, there's a whole lot of them in this movie. I know. And I will say this. I really, really hate the way the baby Navi look. Yeah, it's for doing so much in the way of new CGI and shit. They really went hard on like environment. And then they sort of like didn't evolve the way they made the characters look at all. They look like Shrek babies. <laughs> they don't look good. They you know don't. the same way that the third movie, like the Shrek babies, made you feel inside. That's how the babies make me feel about in Navi. It's a little bit better when they start doing motion capture on like people's faces and they can do expressions and shit. But when it's literally just like a CGI infant, they you're look like, like Renesmee. Oh, they look like Renesmee. Oh no! I don't think we should CGI babies anymore. We haven't done it correctly since Breaking Dawn, and it's it, horrifying. They just look terrifying. Um. But yeah, so the first thing that we talk about is Jake and what's it? Natiri. Natiri. James, I'm impressed you know all the names. Well, I watch some of the subtitles. Um, Jake's Jake and Natiri have their first son, um, named. I uh, fucking. It starts with an N. Nay, nay, something. It doesn't matter because his brother's name is the one that gets said a million times, and it's very easy. <laughs> yeah, it's Loak. Every 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 name except his actually is very easy. 
Um, because you have I think it's Natam. Natam, it is Natam. So you have the first kid, Natam, and then they talk about adopting their daughter, Kiri. Kiri, who is an immaculate conception. No, she has a dad. We just don't know who the dad is, but she's Grace's. Grace's dead. Grace dies. Okay, Sigourney Weaver dies in the first movie. We watch her get like absorbed, like she is dead. She is dead. Her avatar body is in a tube. It's in a liquid tube where it has been, presumably, for the entire time. And it got pregnant. And then it had a baby. And none of this will be explained. And literally none of it will be explained. They even joke about it. They even say how it how it Who got pregnant. Who knocked up the meat puppet is, I believe, what they said. <laughs> they don't no, say No, they don't that. say meat puppet. That would be insensitive. They do they, say how uh, they, how Grace's avatar became impregnated is a mystery. And that's it. That's the only thing they say about it. I can only assume. Now, we there are things that we know. One thing we know is... James Cameron waited so long to make the sequel because he wanted to have four extra movies written before he made the sequel. So they wrote Avatar, Way of Water, 3, 4, and 5 at the same time. All of these movies have scripts. And they shot six of them. Get this, get this. They shot Way of Water and 3 at the same time. So there's another whole movie that's done. Uh, I mean, it's post-production, but pretty much. It'll come out well before we have to wait another 13 years. But now, so so I can only assume, I'm hoping, we get some sort of explanation as to how Grace, who is dead, and her, like, in a coma avatar body that's in a tube full of cryo, I need the story on how that got pregnant. I'd rather watch that movie. I would rather watch the movie of how we figure out how Kiri came to be and why she's so goddamn sensitive to the world, but not in the forest. She's only sensitive to the world in the water. I'm and even telling later, you, Grace fucked a sea creature. Well, I, I don't know, because even later when she sticks her fucking head noodle to the to the earth tree, <laughs> when she fucking, when she fucks the tree, like... And has a seizure later in the movie. That's like a B plot that happens later. And it but won't when, be explained and either. And it also isn't explained. She has a vision. Of her mom. Of her mom. And her mom just goes, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she goes, asks her three questions, gets no answers. And then her mom goes, oh, my poor child. And then gets sucked back into hell. And then she has a seizure and comes out of the vision and starts to drown because the sea creature tree is underwater. But no, it's not a reef. It's just a tree and it's underwater. And none of this will be explained. So I am begging, hands and knees begging, James Cameron and his team of five veteran script writers to put together an interesting and coherent plot to the third movie because you know we're going to have to watch it. And you know the only reason I'm watching it is to figure out where Kiri came from. Also, as a more disconcerting note, they got Sigourney Weaver to do the motion capture and voice of Kiri, who is, like, 50 years younger than Sigourney Weaver. And it's... Sigourney Weaver sounds like Sigourney Weaver. So this is a teenager who sounds like a 60-ish-year-old woman. 
Didn't bother me that much, honestly. It bothered me because all the other kids sound like kids. Because they were played She's by kids. She's wise behind her years. I fuck if I know. Are Avatar ageless? They're not Avatar. Are Navi ageless? I don't understand. None of this makes sense. Uh, Jake's not real. He's also dead. This movie sucks, dude. This movie sucks so bad. It's incoherent battle the whole way through. I have logistical questions about... Uh, Spider? I, no. Oh. First of all, those are the only two kids that get a special introduction from the narration from Jake, because fuck the other two, I guess. Um, you only get one about... You get to see Nateam get born. Yep. You find out that Kiri's a mystery. We don't talk about Loak. We don't talk about Took. And then they just show up and in a family way, picture. And then, by the way, we also have a human boy... Who was just... Who we kind of stole, but didn't really steal... The humans abandoned him. Because he can't go into cryo. Because babies can't be in cryo, apparently. So they, so they call they... him a cat. He's their pet. I mean, kind of. They literally say that. He became like a cat. He became God, it's so, like a cat. It's he so wasn't fucking one of us, weird. But he was always around. <laughs> it's And the, his name is Spider. And he... He... Who we find out from context clues and not any other amount of plot is that he's Quaritch, the bad guy who died in the first movie. He's Quaritch's son. Because somehow that happened on Pandora. Bearing in mind in the first movie, there is never a mention, to my knowledge, that Quaritch even has a son. Or a lover. Right. And weren't they on Pandora for like years? Yeah. So Sp Spider's mom went... Back, I guess, or was killed? We it, don't know. We don't know. There's no explanation. It doesn't make any sense. There's a baby. It's Quaritch's son. His name's Spider. They treat it like a pet. The end. And you know, if this was like the first movie and we had no, like we didn't have Avatar 1 and we started from this point, none of these questions would be questions that we're begging for answers for. Because... Except Kiri. That one. Except Kiri, because that's weird. But like... We wouldn't have the context of the whole first movie's Pocahontas-ass plot to give us a frame of reference for this shit. But now we're sitting in the middle of this shit, and all of the decisions that they made in the beginning 20 minutes of the movie make no sense. It's like a fucking Star Wars retcon. It's just awful. Yeah. So this is literally just the narration from Jake, by the way. We're still just going through this. Yeah. Um, uh, no, my logistical questions were, I don't even, about everything. Oh, it was about the mating process. Oh, yeah. How between those... Jake, because Jake's not a real He's a Navi, synthetic person. And his wife. Is a real Navi. And so I had questions about what that would look like. I get answers later that there are, like, there's DNA in it. There's well, no, and there's genetic differences between their kids. They they have five fingers instead they're, of they're a strange sort of crossbreed. Instead of like four fingers. Um, yeah, they've got human hands, but they're long and blue. So there are differences. So I do get my question answered, but in the beginning, I just they just have kids, and there's no explanation. Except Took. Took has four fingers, which will not be explained or mentioned at all. Um. Also, uh, Natiri is just super racist about Spider. Yeah, she fucking hates that She thing. hates that guy. She's like... And it's not his fault. He's just there. He got left behind by the humans, and they took him in. And he is... 
freaking awesome. Like he's, he's a cool kid. He's uh, well, he's seen a lot more than he needs to, but he's maybe the most badass character in the whole movie. Yeah, he, he's the only character worth rooting for. He is speaks. Spider. He speaks full Navi. He knows all their customs and cultures. He can keep up with them. In spite of not being like a Navi. Yeah, he has to wear a mask because he can't breathe the air because he's human. But like everything else. Like, he is 100% for them, and she just goes, he should be with his own kind. And I'm like... While looking directly at her husband, who is a synthetic replica of her kind, wearing... It's like a skin suit of a human. Like, he's still human. Jake is still a guy. He's still a person, a man. And you know that. Like, you know he was human. You met him in his wheelchair human form. What? (laughs) Nateri, get it together. And we're still racist. Oh, my God. Ugh. Okay, um, okay. I will say the tiny braid tail things, the things that connect them to the world, I don't, I like them even less on babies. Uh, yeah, because they're not, they don't have the they're braid, like, it's just, I... it's literally a tentacle out the back of their skull, like a fucking Padawan Ugh. braid. Yeah, because they don't braid it in their hair. They braid their hair around it. Yeah, so it's just like a little thing out of the back <laughs> of their head. terrible. Um, yeah. Let fuck... me know when you get to the human invasion, that's my next note. Fuck Jake, uh, fuck Jake's other children. He only talks about two of them. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Man. And oddly enough, oh like, only one of them gets, like, decent screen time. Like, the other... Loak gets Loak. way... Loak gets way more. Kiri gets some, but Kiri, it's because she's weird. Kiri gets a bunch, but their first son is kind of just... Yeah, fuck Natea. Um, fuck that guy. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He doesn't deserve this. Uh, God damn. I will say this, Natiri looks great for having four children. Like I don't know how the Navi birthing process works, but she does look like... That's true. Do they... I don't know. I mean, she, the other lady's pregnant, pregnant, and she carries the... They carry them the same... I don't know. She They're aliens. Okay. Um, they, Questions we don't need answers to. We then go on a date night with Jake... And this is this is the start. This is the start. It, you don't notice it when it's happening. But they go on a little date night where they fly around and pretend that they're much younger people. They had a freaking amazing date night. Oh yeah. First of all. But but let's let's take a look at this from the perspective of Why don't of you take parents. me on fun date nights? Because we're inside people. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, "Do you want to go on a helicopter ride around like, Austin?" Hey, do you want to like you want to, like, run around Austin for funsies, and you'd be like, oh, no, outside? Let's watch something. I'd be like, fuck that. Do we have a location in mind? Are we going to a place? Is there alcohol? No. <laughs> I can't have alcohol right now. So so they go on this date night, right? They, they have a nice time, and Jake makes a comment about how nice it is to be away from his children. And this this is-, is clue number one, that Jake Sully is a terrible father. He's a father straight out of like the 19, like this, this, this whole, dude is a 1999 Marine dad. The whole family dynamic feels archaic. Like it feels. He is such a piece of shit to his kids. The whole movie. He becomes redeemable in the last minute. Now he, he is. No, no, he doesn't. You know what? You're right. He does not become redeemable. He just tries. He is a piece of shit. The whole movie. To his kids. He doesn't pay attention to them. He doesn't listen to them. He orders them around. He fucking has drilled military principles and action into his children 
from the time they were born. So they act like a little squadron. Neytiri even refers to them as not being a squadron. We're a family. But she's a piece of shit mom, too, because she doesn't pay attention. To I will say either. also, right, like in this movie, they're kind of both like they are oh, literally yeah. in active war and the children are part of that. They're scouts. Yes, but that's a stupid idea. So it's yeah, he's just such a piece of shit the whole time. And this is clue number one is that you you don't for the whole rest of the movie. You never see him with his kids unless he's disciplining them. And he takes the moment in the beginning narration when they go on this date night to talk about how nice it is to be away from the kids. It, what a piece of shit. In this world, in this day and age, we talked a lot a little bit on Xenon, so I'm not going to hop on this soapbox again too much. I'll tap dance on that fucker. But in this day and age where we have movies about ba- breaking generational trauma and we're moving away from these tropes and we had all these movies about rebellious kids and stuff because we had all these movies about really strict adults and so having this repeated in 2022 when this movie came out feels old. It feels archaic. It feels like a horrible storyline in a place like this. And it doesn't feel genuine it's, to how Jake would be as a father based on the first movie. Like to me, it just doesn't feel right. And I know there's some things to be said for like military people. And when they go back into war, like there's just some of that that's like ingrained and it's really hard to break away from. And I wouldn't expect to even try to attempt to understand how that feels in your brain and the PTSD that goes along with it and everything. But it just feels A, overdone, and B, old. Like, I'm, it's not interesting. I don't care about that. Yeah, and I think, like, our chat brings up a good point. You You have to discipline your kids when they act out. But the the... Based on the evidence of the movie, which is just what we're going off of here, the only time he interacts with his kids is when he's yelling at them or getting them in trouble. He does. He's not shown to be this like loving father who helps them to grow and become better people. He's just being kind of a dick the whole time. And when you're and he doesn't listen to them that's like another trope too like well they'll be like no you don't understand like this is what was happening he's like fuck you what's even funnier about that is he has instilled in them that his oldest two sons are to be scouts for him right and so by nature he has asked them to report to him things they see and when they do that he's like shut the fuck up which is unhelpful but also classic military so you know what are you going to do about it? It's James Cameron. He's a million years old, and he wrote a script that feels that way. Moving on from that. The sky people come back. The sky back. people come back. Welcome back to the human part of the movie. This sucks balls. I would have much rather watched a whole entire movie about, like, Jake and his children on Pandora without humans. I feel like that would have been a really cool movie. And instead, I... Instead, you get the sky people. Or I even... I guess for me, it's like this movie didn't need to be three hours long. We could have picked one of these movies. We could have done the Sully family on Pandora, or we could have done the humans being shitty, or we could have done like the water people story. Like we could have done one of the three, one of the three, not all of them at once. Um, (laughs) so yeah, the instant destruction, the instant, not like last time where they like kind of like gently landed and like made little like a habitat for themselves and right. assimilated in trying to gather this resource. No, they just come and burn the entire shit down. So so here's how it works, right? The 
Jake and Natiri are on their date night and they see a new star. And I'll say this, that is one of the most cinematically interesting ways to find out you're being invaded, is you're looking at the night sky that you've looked at a million times and there's a new star and it's bright as shit and it's coming towards you. Surprise, you're being invaded. That was kind of cool. I'll say that. Now these ships that the people return on are just, they, they orbit a little bit and then they come down towards the moon because Pandora's a moon, don't forget, Pandora's a moon. And they come down and they have these insane engines. I mean, like rocket fucking engines used for quote deceleration. But it's just, as it comes down, it's just fire. And you literally watch them fucking Vietnam napalm run the whole landscape just by decelerating and landing on the planet. It's a level of destruction that is unfathomably insane. They also, like, came ready for an invasion this time. They were not fucking around. The minute those planes are on the ground, or ships, whatever the fuck... Uh, they roll out bulldozers and just start fucking clearing the land, like, immediately. The fire hasn't even gone out. The fire, the, there's still fucking fire, and the bulldozers are just like, shoot, over. Um, they literally- And then a year passes. Yeah, and then just <laughs> a year. They don't do shit for a year. The humans got busy during this year, okay? They built a city. The humans were- Working on some shit. The first thing they was working on was building an yeah an entire fucking industrial an industrial city. complex. And then also apparently growing avatars. Right. They were yeah they were making avatars. Which honestly I will say and I'm gonna I like to be fair. I like to tell everyone that I am fair, and so I'm going to give credence to the humans where credence and do that isn't oh like an exceptionally smart war tactic. Oh yeah. To go, huh, well, Jake went into the Avatar, so if we take our dead people, we can put them in Avatars, and then they can fight like the Avatars, and we'll just bring them back to Pandora. Like, that's brilliant. Like, that's fucking smart. The, I, for all the bad, as awful as it is, as horrible as it is, and as all the horrible shit humans do, just from like a pure, like purely strategic standpoint, that's fucking smart. It's very smart. Like 10 out of 10. Now um, the Navi uh, didn't do anything besides sort of like guerrilla warfare, which is very, you know, it is kind of Vietnam-esque because they sort of, they fight from the woods and they do little hit and run shit, steal weapons. They're just disappear. cutting off supply lines, really. Yeah, they're just being general pests. But, but they're, they're not like going into the fortress and attacking. They're just waiting for yeah. you to traipse into the forest and then they'll kill you. Which is, I don't... I guess I just don't understand why Jake, having been a human of the people who are here, wouldn't look at this invasion and go, oh, we need to deal with this, like, right now. Before they made it all big. Before they made a city and had, like, a resource pipeline and... Finished off the fucking corpses turned at Navi. It doesn't, I don't understand. And James Cameron could explain it to me because I know he writes in the fine details that don't make it into the movie. But God, could you imagine if there was a director's cut of this movie? It'd be like it'd be seven four and hours. And a half hours. Yeah. 
I, however, I would like to sit down with James Cameron and be like, I don't understand what this is. Can you explain it to me? Because I know, I know he writes that. Oh yeah, no, he has. He's all the got answers. the background shit down. Um, it's just, it's just he doesn't share it. We also couldn't be original and had to bring back the same fucking villain. Stephen Lang is back, baby. Is Quaritch 2.0? Yeah, Quaritch, the Avatar now. Which also they tattooed their avatars. Yeah, I don't get that. Shit. Not like Navi so tattoos. Not like tribal art. No, like it's like like war tattoos. Marine tattoos, like my sleeve tattoo, Ugh. which is not a marine tattoo, but like human tattoos on synthetic Navi bodies. It's really strange to see. It's kind of disconcerting, but it you know if you want to. But also, that really, like, throws a wrench into the concept of, like, yeah, we'll have them infiltrate, and, like... I don't think their idea was to infiltrate. I think they were... It, it's almost like Captain America. They made war machines. All These these Navi are expert military combatants of high rank who died and are now... And they so they know the land. They know the people. I just... I don't... I don't understand why you wouldn't consider... For one moment that, oh, what if we got you in there and got you to infiltrate and like... Because they don't care about that now. They just want to take out Jake. That's literally the whole uh, fucking thing is they this want... This movie sucks. It's just Batman this and Joker. This movie sucks so bad. Quaritch is that just Quaritch there is to... Joker and Jake is Batman, but Jake's a worse Batman. Yeah, he's a Batman with children. And he does murder, so I guess he's kind of a better Batman. Um... They also refer to the Navi as an insurgency, and I was like, I don't think they could get to count as an insurgency if they're the fucking populace. We then see the Navi actually perform one of these strike attacks on a supply line. Um, Jake and his wife and some others that don't matter because they die, um, and his two sons are on a mission. They're on basically to strike a train and steal guns and shit. Um. I will say so. I will say this: the Navi fucking badasses. Oh yeah. When it comes to fighting, like I oh, know yeah. we saw it in the first one, but these guys have had like time now to like train, learn military shit, like use guns. They're even crazier, I think, in this one than they were in the last one. They were they were already badass in terms of their tribalism and shit in the first movie, and now they have the added benefit of having an extremely long eared marine to teach them and they made him their tribal leader so he's literally like completely evolved the way that the navi do warfare yep they have comm systems they now. have guns um pretty crazy uh and then we get to the what will be the, boys. the plot line for the rest of the fucking movie which is fucking teenagers the the whole movie's plot is contingent on teenagers making poor choices which is a thing teenagers are one to do they are permanently making poor decisions and so for the whole movie the plot will be moved along exclusively by this there isn't a single plot point that is brought about because an adult who is fully functioning and cognitive that makes a decision that never occurs. All the adults do is react to stuff 
all the kids do is make the plot happen by being dumbasses or being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's it. They also, we're gonna, you're gonna hear this. I'm gonna tell you what happens. And then about 30 plus minutes, I'm gonna say the exact same thing again. <laughs> and then in another hour and a half, a movie time, not our note time. Another hour and a half, I'm gonna say the exact same thing again, and that's the movie. So there's a kid named Loak, right? Loak thinks he can do it all because he was raised by his dad. He wants to show his dad that he's the shit because he's a teenager. He has an older brother, which we talked about. That's the one that gets a special shout out from Jake, but not Loak. Um, Jake has favorites. He he does. <laughs> he so does. Jake has favorites, and they are Kiri and Nateum. Yep. Jake didn't give a fuck about Took. No. <laughs> Not a single one. Um, so Loak is like, gets his brother. They're supposed to be flying in the sky, just keeping an eye out, basically. They're watching for response from the humans. Which is a good thing to have. You need spotters who can fly. Um, they he but Loak doesn't want to play that game. He wants to be part of the action. So he convinces his older brother to fly down there and grab guns and, like, start helping gather stuff so that no one's watching for... They have one spotter, because that's how Jake finds out they're under a counterattack. Yep, and there's an explosion and a bomb, and that's when Jake finds out that the boys are down there, which they didn't see the attack. They would have probably gotten out of there before the bomb if the scouters had been doing their scouting job up in the sky. Um, And so a bunch of the Navi die. Uh, like seven, eight, maybe. Everyone, it wasn't a lot. Everyone that's not basically Jake's family dies on that mission. No, people get out of there really fast. They fly out. Lots of flyers get out of there. Okay, there's several dead bodies. Oh, yeah, there's Navi. several dead bodies for sure because they got exploded. Loak gets berated by his father. His older brother takes the rap a little bit. His older brother takes the rap. He tries to. He does. And Jake also reprimands the older brother. And he grounds them both, basically. The older brother also got wounded in this attack. Yes. The older brother got wounded. Please hold on to those thoughts, because we'll, we'll revisit, revisit that again in an hour and a half later in the movie. Um, then we jump back to the Avatar people. Not the Navi. The Avatar. So the blue military men. There are three groups of people. We will refer to them as such. There are the humans, there are the Navi, and there are the Avatar people. The Avatar people and the humans are the bad guys. Oh, there's four, because we're also going to have to differentiate between, like, the, the forest Navi and the sea people. Well, don't worry, because in a little bit we leave the forest people, and then it's just going to be the sea people. Yeah. Sea Navi are fucking awesome. Um, but they're also racist. They're racist <laughs> against other Navi. Everyone's just so goddamn racist in this movie, dude. So we jump back to the, uh, to the Avatars that are flying in. Um, the Colonel... Porch is and his little squad of bitches. Are br he's briefing they them. They're awful. And he does a rehash of his first movie speech. Except he includes a really horrible joke that's like a dad joke of epic proportions. <laughs> it's a racist dad joke. And he's like, I bet you all have the same question. Why so blue? Boo Every everyone goes, ah. That line made it past writers, made it past editing, made it past filming, made it past the editing of the movie and listen, still was in it. Listen, I'll be honest. If I was an editor on this movie and I saw it, 
my first reaction would be, oh God, no. But you think I'm gonna go to James Cameron who wrote it and be like, hey man, this doesn't play. And he'll be like, okay, well you're fired. Under no circumstances am I gonna be like, nah, I'll let this one slide. If there's real problems later, I'll talk about it. But this one, this is just dumb shit. I'll let it go. And that's really the whole part of that scene. He briefs them that they're going back to Pandora. Their whole thing is to basically find and murder Jake Sully. That's their whole purpose, is to find and murder Jake Sully, who has become this sort of hero to the Navi. And then we jump back to the Navi. Um, where we have a fight. Where we have a little, like I said, the kids are getting reprimanded by their dad. We also find out that they took the entire science camp. And put it in a rock. And put it in one of the floating rocks to, like, protect everybody during the war. Um, which is a lot. That seems like a lot of work. You know who did Pandora better? How to Train Your Dragon. What? So in the first Pandora, or in the first visit to Pandora, they have a hard time like wrangling some of the bigger batter flyers. Am I remembering that correctly? You've seen the movie multiple times. I'm still lost as to what we're talking about. Well, part of the reason that they move the science camp and basically their whole village up into the mountains is because the local fauna, the local flying creatures, attack the humans and their hardware whenever they try to probe in there. Yeah. But I think they did it better in How to Train Your Dragon when they go to the Dragon Island. I think they just did a better job of it. Okay. Man, I thought you would track with me on that, and you so didn't. You you broke my whole brain, honestly. Like, I, I, I kind of see... I was see... drawing parallels to some really good cinema I kind of here. see where you're going, but also, like, it doesn't... It doesn't quite, the puzzles don't quite align. It's kind of like you're just trying to shove a piece in there that doesn't quite fit. I need you to do a little bit more cocaine to get on my level. I can't right now. Can't do drugs right now. Um, all right, so. Wartime is hard, first of all. And being a military father is even harder, especially when your kids are also, like, soldiers. Fucking your whole shit up. There's your soldiers, <laughs> and they're your kids. And they're not listening as either of those things. That's true. So. <laughs> they don't listen to orders or recommendations. And mom gets rightfully mad because Jake's kind of being a shit dad. And she does, James mentioned the line. She says, this is a squad. We're a family, we're not, families, a squadron. not a squadron. And I was like, right now you're both though. And you're not functioning as either of those. So. We're doing a bad job front to back. Um, And then we get a little bit jump into uh, the Kiri story because we go to the science building um with spider kiri and loak yes to yes. go visit kiri wants to go visit her mom i guess and like watch some of the recorded videos of grace we make some bad jokes about who could be kiri's dad and i will say this spider is my favorite character spider's funny he's funny he's smart he's tough as nails he is insanely tough he just runs around like Mowgli in a loincloth the entire time um and He's just really, he, honestly, out of the whole movie, like, he was probably the coolest part. Like, I really enjoyed watching Spider do spider shit. Um, they also, I know James mentioned this, they kept Grace's avatar for reasons that we don't understand. Still, they still have her avatar in a tube. 
Like, wh why? There's no... There's no reason to keep her avatar. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now I guess you just keep it because Kiri is here and you don't want to be like, well, I guess your mom's gone. Let's just flush her fucking avatar. I mean, they could have gotten <laughs> rid of it before Kiri like came of age enough to know what it was. Like, I don't know what happened to your mom. Your mom died. I don't know who your dad is. Your mom died. Yeah, they make some jokes about like, who do you think knocked up knocked her up like the boys do? And oh my god, and Kiri's response to the concept that it could be Norm the scientist is, I would kill myself. I would, I would drink, drink acid. acid and die. Whoa. I mean, you're a teenager, so like, big feelings are big, but whoa. That's a lot. Big feelings about Norm. I guess fuck that guy. I didn't think Norm was that bad, honestly. I didn't either. So, um, we then, oh, what were you going to, I was going to talk about something artistically. Uh, talk about your art thing, because my next thing is how the kids then are, like, done doing their duties, so they just sort of toddle off to go Okay, well, then I'm going to talk about my art thing, because we're going to skip a talk scene. Talk about your art thing. Um, so then we jump back to the humans. Over in the human camp, the avatars have landed, and they are being briefed. Um, by the leading general of the humans. Who's a bitch. She, she is, but you know what? She I'm gets really, things done. And I'm really excited that it's a woman. Oh. It's a nice change. That is a five-star general. She is a badass, first of all. We see her, and she, it, but she's there to do a job. I will say this, like, she's not really out there, like, purposely hunting down Navi. She just wants, she's there to basically make Pandora the new Earth so that they can move all the humans up there. And all she wants to do is basically get... Pacify the hostels is the phrase. Yeah, she wants to pacify the hostels. That doesn't mean ethnic cleansing. Yeah. But it does entail that there could be some shit that goes down. Yeah, so that's right now, and that's why the whole thing re like revolves around getting Jake, because Jake's the antagonistic one, apparently. Because, you know, the, the Navi... The theory is you can't pacify the planet until you kill one guy. Because, you know, the Navi aren't historically proven to just kind of, like, Fuck attack humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever. Humans don't learn from their mistakes. That's classically known. But I will say this. I'm going to say a couple things about this scene because it doesn't really bear any importance otherwise. I really like the artistic direction that was taken from the movie standpoint of... This really beautiful, like, greens and blues and earthy time in the Navi camp, the war camp. And the humans, everything's gray. And the very bright, very, uh, like, machine metal, like, not planet, like, there's no nature at all. Which Just very you know, they barren. They so did that on purpose. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's a good artistic contrast um, of the human camp. Well, gotta like, make those humans look soulless. And it's it's drastic. And it's enough to, like, really jar your brain. Like, it hurts to look at a little bit because it's so bright and the colors are so, like, the reds and yellows and, like, not, like, blues and greens. And so it's just a really cool artistic thing to do. Um, also, I've heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say several times that if you have the funds and the technology to make another planet like Earth then you have the funds and technology to save Earth. And that should be, like, really telling about this whole movie. Like, 
the fact that we are still here and we're fucking shit up on another planet and we've already fucked that whole entire landscape. Like I said, it's barren where the humans are. We're, it's just, uh, humans suck. Um, so then James is right. We're going to return to that plot line. I said, where, uh, the children are going to go out and do stupid children shit. Loak, Spider, Kiri, and Took. The child, Took is the youngest. She's like 10. Maybe. Um, are out rambunctiousing around. They're not doing nothing inappropriate. No, they're, they're just, just out and about. Yeah, they're just out and about. And what do, um... What do they stumble upon but the avatars of the military people at the place where the military people died, where Quartz was murdered. And to be fair, they wind up going to a place the kids aren't supposed to go to. But they're going to that place they're not supposed to go to because they stumble upon a boot print that's the size of a Navi foot, but it's a boot. The Navi don't wear boots. That would be silly. But the Navi that are avatars wear boots and wear clothes boots because they're dumb as fuck. Um, so, yeah. Loak, leading the band of misfits, um, watches these guys and basically is like, I have to call this in to my dad. And Spider's like, no, we're going to get in trouble. And I was like, no. No, no, you no, definitely want to call this shit in. You risk that fucking... Trouble, you risk that to be, to get that information across to your dad. Um, so he calls it in. His dad is, actually he is, Jake acts appropriately here. Yeah, he's like, get, go, get out of get there. Get out of there, we're coming. Yeah, and the kids try to get out of there, but, but they kind of suck at being stealth people. They're kids. They're kids. It's really Took. They get caught. Took doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. Took does not know how to shut the fuck up. Um, I literally said, uh, I I did write fucking younger siblings because even Spider's like, why did you fucking bring Took? And he's like, because she said she would threaten to tell my dad that we were leaving if I didn't bring her. And yeah. So they get got by the avatars who find out instantaneously that these are Jake Sully's children. And thus the cat and mouse game. Well, begins. they find out because they have five fingers. They got too many fingies. Um, so they know that they're half breeds. And then Corch puts together immediately that Spider is his kid. Is his kid. Um And that side was so deep. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at the time and I still am not halfway through Dude, my we're notes. We're not halfway through the notes, man. So we're just going to go till I we, hit we gotta, halfway. Yeah, we got to go. We just got to go. Um, it's going to be a long one. Here's where I'm going to give the humans some good strategy points. Again, they do not kill the humans or the avatars. No, the, or the avatars. The, the, yeah. The bad guys. The bad guys. I'm going to give them some credit because they don't kill Jake's children. They are going to hold on to them for leverage, which is the smart move, because you don't, you need Jake. You need to get Jake out of hiding. So they wait, um, and they're just holding the kids there because they know that Jake's going to come. 
And while they're doing this, we have a weird scene where Corch goes over and picks his skull up out of the uh, out of the mech suit where he died, and, like holds it in like a Hamlet way and then crushes it for reasons. And he also notices that the feathers that are in him were shot by Jake Sully's wife. Neytiri. Neytiri, but he calls her Mrs. Sully, like Quaritch does repeatedly. Um, and they have a, they have a specific feather, because apparently all the Navi don't use the same feathers. It's it's so wild to me that like he sees the video of himself being killed, and he sees who kills him. It's Neytiri, kills him with the arrows. He recognizes the feathers on the arrows and automatically assumes that all arrows that will be fired with, for the rest of time with that feather with that feather will be fired by Natiri. Which is an insane thing to think. That is an insane thing to think. Against a civilization who frequently use bows and arrows and spears and the like. So when a shot gets fired into one of the guy's heads and it has that feather, like right now, that's what happens. They like Tyrion and Jake show up and they start cleaning house. Yep, they start killing people, taking care of business. They kill like eight people and, and somehow still, everyone escapes. Yeah, everyone like the whole team leaves. We don't. Nothing will be explained. Um, she she does a great job, hits a nice shot, but then he's like, Ah, Mrs. Sully, I see you're here, and I'm like. Okay. What if it wasn't? What if it wasn't her? What if it was just random scouts? Like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's lazy. They it's lazy. They basically uh, break free all of the children and make a run for it. And then Spider falls down a hill. Spider falls down a hill, and Kiri is like, "No, mom. Like, we have to get Spider. Spider's down there." And I wrote down the mom is racist and will not give a fuck about Spider. That is a that is a fact. I, I mean, she didn't have time to give she a did fuck not. about Spider. But even if she did have time, we're fairly certain she would not give a fuck about Spider. And so Spider gets taken by his dad because, of course, yeah, because we needed another plot line in this movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. We, the children and the Sully family basically escapes. Spider's taken with his dad. Loak gets read the riot act again. again. It's like the, twice in 24 hours he has been responsible, not directly, directly for the first issue, not directly for the second issue, but twice in 24 hours he has just been brutally read the riot act by his dad. He's also been responsible now for endangering all of his, his family twice. twice. Um, if I'm a, if I'm his dad, I got to sit down with him and be like, I need to understand how you're making these decisions to do these things. And then we got to work out something to where you don't do that shit. anymore. you mean actually communicate with your child like a good parent? Yeah, because like it's it's one thing to just like yell at your kid and assume that that's going to stick the message that you want to stick to them. But as been proven time after time, if you talk to a child like a person, they can comprehend quite a bit. You just have to be able to do it in small chunks 
Otherwise, they get distracted and they can't focus. Or even just like, I don't know, maybe have a conversation and listen to him because the only reason Loak's doing any of this is because he just wants his dad's attention and approval. Yeah, and not giving him... He's given him plenty of attention at this point in time, but it's not positive attention. <laughs> it's very negative, which is only going to push him to do stupider and more reckless shit, which is like... Because now even, he doesn't think it... He doesn't. It, now he's in the mindset it doesn't matter what he does... He's just going to get in trouble. Yeah, even dads of years gone by have come to the conclusion that if you push a kid too far, they will continue the trend of bad behavior. Like, that's not new concepts. Um, We jump over to, uh, we're going to torture a child now. Right, right, right. The humans are going to straight up torture a child. They psychologically torture spider. Um, they, they try to like talk to him. They're like, you're not one of them. And he, I was like, he knows he's not one of them. He already knew that. He sees the open and blatant racism towards him frequently. He just wishes he was one of them. And, uh, they're just trying to get information with this magic mind reading machine. Cause if he. Oh yeah. We don't even come back to that. The humans have a little torture device that maps your brain. And if you think a thought, it appears. Yeah. So if he thinks about where the Navi are. It'll show up. That's crazy. The humans lose, by the way, in this movie. I mean, if that wasn't telegraphed from the very beginning, the humans lose at the end. But they have this kind of technology. It shows you how fucking inept these humans are. They have the world at their fingertips and they fumble the bag every possible way they can. Porridge grows a bit of a heart. He had to grow something. Uh, for his son, seeing his son be tortured, and he goes and shuts down the machine, and he tries a compassionate route, and guess what? It fucking works. Well, and yeah, and he's he tells the the general he's like, let's try the more humane, like not more humane. What does he say? The more personal route. Yeah, the more personal route, and she's like, okay, but he's not your son, and I was like, like um, he he is though. I was like, but okay, but you took Quaritch, made him a duplicate, basically. Sent him off on his mission, he gets killed, and then you took that duplicate and you put it in an in an avatar and made him a person. And it, that's still his kid. Like, the DNA is... I mean, now it's all weird, but the DNA that you put in that body made that kid. So it's definitely still that kid. It was just, like, the stupidest thing she could say. She's like, it's not your son. And I was like, it, it is, though. This is this is a moment, if I was an editor on this movie, where I would have had this scene and I would have been like, James, James, <laughs> no. It just is his son, though. Because according to the way that you made this avatar Quaritch via DNA and shit. And his whole consciousness. That is his DNA, so it must be his son. That just is his son. And if you're going to have her very pointedly tell him, that's not your son, shouldn't you give him like a little rebuttal or something? Korich obviously has that type of thing cooking. Or like, what if we just don't have that in here altogether? Because it's stupid as fuck. Korich does some incredibly smart manipulation, and he's like, hey, you can either ride with me and like, Play it cool, or we can put you back in the torture machine. Your choice. And Spider decides to ride with the people. And then we jump back 
to the Navi, where Jake and his wife are having a very heated argument. About leaving. About what the next step is for their family. She wants to go fight people. This, it should be noted, is the correct response. She wants to go kill the blue avatar people and just be done with it. This is the correct response. Jake wants to take his entire fucking family because they're only after his family and take them to another village because that will stop the humans from coming after these Navi people. No. Like, what? What kind of dumb fuckery? Now, we have to give him this. He does say in this argument that he has no plan. Clearly. Well, he does have a plan. This is his plan. He just, like, he doesn't, I don't think he has a plan for, like, this group of, like, his only plan is to just, like, tuck his tail and run, literally. Um, because they have tails, in case you forgot. (laughs) But, uh, like, it just, his whole thought process is, like, this is gonna save our people. And I was like, you know, because the humans weren't about murdering your fucking people and going through the forest and stealing all your resources and killing anyone they come across. Anyways, before you, after you, like... The decision-making is just astounding. How poor. It's astounding. So, so we traveled, they leave. We traveled to the Sea Tribe. One of the Sea Tribes. There's many Sea Tribes. We traveled to the Sea Tribe people. The Sea Navi. Let's do the first almost, interactions with the Sea Navi. I'm almost to 60. I'm really just trying to get to 60. What is your 60? Half, that's halfway through the notes. It's right when we start to adapt to the water. Okay. So we go see the sea navi. It takes them maybe like 13, 14 hours flying to get there. Sea navi are way fucking cooler than the forest navi, in my opinion. And they're also racist. They are racist to Against the forest people. The forest navi. Jake's family rolls up and they like instantly get ridiculed by all the fucking teenagers who can't keep their mouth shut in the village. They're like, look at their tails, look at their arms, how will they function? It's it's a it's a dumb scene. They ask for sanctuary, the chief is considering it, and the chief's wife... Uh, who is pregnant. Who is pregnant, just rolls up and is the most racist and judgy bitch that ever there was. I will say, I'm a little bit on her side, because, like, if Jake comes, war oh, comes. She's not wrong. But her delivery on the not wrong is like being hit with a frying pan instead of like a polite way to do it. She does hold up their hands and go, they have demon blood. Yeah, not not nice. You know, it's just um, how would I put it? Fucking rude. Yep. And unnecessarily cruel. This is where we see the double layer racism, because not only are they racist of the fact that they are tree people. They're racist about the fact that they are half tree people, half weird human synthetic people. So we got some we got some judgment there. Um she's just so and she is so mean like this for the rest of the movie. Like it doesn't stop. She doesn't grow like to be affectionate of them. She hates them from start to finish with yep. no drop off. At least she sticks to her guns, I guess. Um, and she was proving correctly the entire time. She's, once again, not wrong about what was going to happen if they let them stay. Not wrong. 
the chief is correct to be compassionate, and she is correct that this is a bad decision. They let them stay after some secret non-verbal eye talk between husband and wife of the sea navi. Um, and we start the uh, training montage, basically. Where we learn how to adapt to a new locale. Now, I will say, uh, the sea navi have adapted in several ways to being sea navi versus tree navi. They have lighter skin, which honestly, I like a lot more. I like their color. I like their tattoos. I like their whole aesthetic and look. Their it's houses very, are it's cool. It's very Pacific Islander. Their houses are cool. Um, they have developed finned hands, like two of and their fingers. super broad forearms, like swimmer's strong. arms. They are strong. Uh, their chest is wider at the top because their lungs... lungs have expanded to like hold their breath a long time underwater. Um, they developed a sign language. They also have thick uh, fish-like tails that yeah. are very, very long. Almost like Luca. They kind of remind me of the yeah, Luca yeah, tails yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, not like Speaking of a better movie that's got the same amount of animation. And kind of the same plot. <laughs> um, kind of. It's also super racist. They, so it's not like quite like a mermaid tail. It's more like a tadpole tail almost. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So the, the, the chief basically tasks his two children with training the children how to be fish snobby. Yep. And he's going to teach Jake basically. And then Jake, I think, is responsible for teaching his wife. I think that's pretty much how that goes. Because um, we don't ever really see her do any training. Renal can't train Natiri. Yeah, she's Renal's pregnant. pregnant. So we don't. Really see Natiri do any training. I will say this: Sea Navi. I will say this again: are way better. They have flying fish, so you can the little flying dragons that you have to train in the first one. They have those, but they can also swim. They yeah. have it's a twofer. They can fly and they can swim. I don't think they can fly very long. Yeah, they but they can fly, flight, but they can get up there. And I just think that's really it's like a twofer. It's an upgraded version. The Sea Navi are just upgraded from the last. Navi that you were introduced in the first movie. Um, this is where I really write because I don't remember exactly why, but Loak gets in trouble with Dad again, and I don't think it's the fight yet. Um, but Loak gets in trouble with his dad again, and this is where I start to feel like. Is this pre-brawl? Yeah, this is pre-the fight. Um, I just I. It's where I wrote the note that I don't like the dynamic of this family. I think they're arguing about being here and everything. And it just feels like outdated story-wise for this day and age. Again, I know I'm reiterating that point, but this is the point in the movie where I was just like, are we really? We're just going to keep keep doing this. Like, Jake doesn't change the entire movie. No, he doesn't. And, like, I don't know. It just started to wear on me at this point. I do like that the tales adapt each tribe like i do like that the navi people have different adaptations depending on where they live at um, this point in the movie we were like an hour and change deep and yeah. i had said that this movie sucks twice uh we get to really experience the ocean life though go underwater it's fucking gorgeous it's it's such a visually appealing movie that it's almost enough to distract you from how poorly written it is. Kiri has magical fish powers like Moana that will not be explained This will in any not way. be explained, but it will be exploited at every opportunity. She can literally, like, and the rest of the sea navi don't do this. 
And we, they think she's fucking weird. We don't see them doing this, but she's like communicating with like the fish and the water. She's basically Moana. Um, and like ha- this happens continuously with different breeds and everything. And like the ocean like responds to her in a weird way. No, it's, no explanation. It's so, it's such weird mysticism and there's no explanation for it. And then it gets them in trouble later. Um, they go through this thing of showing how awful the Jake, the Sully family is about riding the sea creatures. And I was like, I really feel like it can't be that different to train like the sea beast versus the sky beast, but it does because water is a different consistency than air and you kind of just get yanked off. Um, so that was fair. Physics work. Um, physics are there to physic. And I'm almost there. Uh, Teenagers are dicks in every species because then the teenagers start making fun of them every single time because they can't speak the sign language underwater. And they're like, we never fucking learned this shit. When did you expect them to do that? They can't hold their breath very long because like, when did you expect them to do that? And they get thrown off the fish really fast because like, when did you expect them to learn how to deal with diving from the air into the water. They do a really bad job of teaching them how to do anything and instead just showing them and then laughing at them when they fail. Yeah, the Sully family learns the hard way how to do literally anything in this movie. But it's, they literally have to learn the hardest way possible. We do see Took. Um, this is my last note for this one and then we'll wrap up. Took adapts pretty quickly to like the ocean and the ocean life. Um, but that's like a scientific fact. Like the lo- younger you are, it's why they kidnapped all the n- native children and put them in schools. <sighs> the younger you are, the easier it is to adapt. So Took takes to it really easily. I broke James's brain and we're going to wrap up there. <laughs> we will see you in the next episode for my next 60 notes. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs>